welcome back to Youth Group Radio. It's good to be back. We are continuing our study, going through the Gospel of John. This is part 23 of our John study. And we begin today in John chapter 7, verse 32. The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. And the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, You will seek me, and you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's pray. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the skies. With you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. Let your light show us truth today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. In our passage today, verse 37 says that it is the last day of the feast, which if you remember, they are celebrating this thing called the Festival of Shelters, where tens of thousands of Jewish people would travel to Jerusalem to worship the Lord and remember when their ancestors traveled through the wilderness for 40 years. Well, on the last day of this festival of shelters, there was a very important ritual that would happen where the priests would pour out water and wine around the altar at the temple. They would pour the water around the altar and would pray for rain and they would pray for the resurrection of the dead. So people on this day have water on their minds. They also have new resurrected life on their minds. And in the middle of all of this, Jesus gets up and he declares in verse 37, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I love that. Jesus says, If anyone, if anyone thirsts, they can come to him and get a drink. But maybe for us, that doesn't have as much um, weight to it. If you want some water, you can get some. You can get some from the sink. You can get some from a filtered water thing, maybe in your fridge. We buy bottled water, and we drink lots of other things, coffee and tea and soda and whatever else. It's very available to us in our culture. And so many times we can forget about our true thirst. 
because we're we can drink all these things, but we forget that we are thirsty for true water. We are thirsty for God. But we forget that. We don't realize that we're thirsty. We forget that we're thirsty for God because we've lived and done so much without God. Life seems pretty normal without having to ever acknowledge God. But Jesus says, if you realize, if you realize that you're thirsty, come to me. It will be like a cool drink on the hottest, most humid afternoon. When you realize that your soul is truly thirsty for something that will truly satisfy, come to me. Anyone can. And then he says in verse 38, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters. Did you hear him say that phrase, as the scripture has said? So what scripture is Jesus referring to? Well, before we answer that question, first let's listen to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1 through 9 says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And why do you labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Be sure to check out that passage again. I'll make sure and leave a uh, reference to it in the description. You can't listen to it or read it enough. Whenever Jesus said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, he clearly has this passage in mind in Isaiah, which starts, If anyone is thirsty, come and drink. This beautiful picture of the compassion of God. And when you think about it, there are huge implications with Jesus, this Jesus guy, saying what he says. The Isaiah passage says, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And the entire passage is clearly from God's perspective. And then you have Jesus in John chapter 7 saying, if anyone thirsts, come to me. And it should cause you to ask yourself, wait, 
Who is Jesus? So clearly, Jesus has this Isaiah passage in mind, but he wasn't quoting it in verse 38. In verse 38, Jesus says, Just as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So what scripture is Jesus referring to there? Well, he's referring to Ezekiel chapter 47, which is another fascinating passage. I don't have time to read it here on the podcast, so please read it on your own time after this. I love this passage. It's Ezekiel 47 verses 1 through 12. Ezekiel the prophet is shown this vision of the temple, and there was water flowing out of the temple. And Ezekiel starts to walk out from the temple, and as the water continues to flow from the temple, the further he walks, the deeper the water gets. First he's ankle deep, and then he's knee deep, and then he's waist deep, and then it's too deep. He is swimming in this powerful river. And then he watched what the river was doing. The river, it's amazing. It's flowing from the temple and it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And the river was flowing and trees were growing on each side of this new riverbank. And the river flowed into the sea. But this wasn't just any sea that Ezekiel was seeing. It was the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea lives up to its name. Nothing can live in the Dead Sea. It's filled with far too many minerals, mainly way too much salt for any life to be supported. But in this passage, the water flows from the temple and forms a river that flows into the Dead Sea. And through the river flowing into the Dead Sea, the sea becomes fresh. So fresh that fish are going to go to it and live in it and thrive in it, and people will be able to fish in it with all these wonderful fruit trees that are growing all around it. Out of all the passages in the Bible, this seems to be the only one that Jesus could be referring to when he says, as the scriptures say, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see, think about it. It is the last day of the festival. The priests are pouring water around the altar at the temple. But Jesus reveals a whole new light to this Ezekiel passage. The original way of interpreting that passage was just to say that God was telling the Jews that their city Jerusalem and their temple would be rebuilt and would be glorious and would change the landscape around them for the better. But Jesus sees a much deeper meaning to the scripture. Instead of a new city and a new temple, Jesus is suggesting that these promises will be fulfilled in individual human beings. That those who believe in Jesus will have living waters flowing from them, bringing life to the Dead Sea, bringing life to the dead world around us, not condemning the dead, but bringing the dead to life. So, back to our passage in John 7, the religious leaders are hearing the crowds mutter amongst themselves about Jesus, and they're wanting to arrest him. But then Jesus tells them in verse 33, I will be with you a little longer. 
and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Jesus says, you will seek me, and you will not find me. Listen to these Old Testament verses. Amos 8.12 The days are coming when people will search for the word of the Lord and not find it. Hosea 5.6 They shall seek the Lord, but they will not find him. Proverbs 1.28 They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Think about this. The religious leaders are looking for God. They are looking everywhere for God. But there he is, staring them in the face. They are looking everywhere, but they aren't going to find him. Why? Why won't they find him? Well, because they have already determined just who God is. They already have it in their minds that they know exactly who God is and what God does. So they are looking for who they think God is. And so they will never find him. Because that God does not exist beyond our weak imaginations. In the 1960s, uh, the Soviet Union started to send men into space. Soviet Russia was an atheistic country for the most part, as communism was grounded in atheism. And when their astronauts went to space, it is reported that one of them said, I looked, and I looked, but I saw no God. People will look far off into the universe to try to support their claims that there is no God. And people will look close up into the molecular structures of existence and try to support their claims that there is no God. But what do they expect to find? A bearded man sitting on Neptune? A magical wizard in our DNA? People will search the depths of the universe and they will never find who they think God is. Only when you believe in Jesus will you begin to see Only when you trust in Jesus will he begin to lead us down the never-ending journey of discovering the beauty of knowing God and being known by God. Jesus tells them, where I am, you cannot come. We cannot force ourselves to be where Jesus is. We need his spirit. And that is what John says in verse 39. He tells us that when Jesus talked about the rivers of living water, he was talking about the Holy Spirit, which all who believed in him were to receive the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So when is Jesus glorified? People are looking for Jesus to be glorified today. They are waiting for him to be glorified. Jesus' disciples were waiting and looking for him to be glorified, but they never found it. Because they were waiting. We are waiting for Jesus to be glorified in the way that we think he should be glorified. We think we know what glory is. But as John looked back, he understood finally what Jesus' glorious moment was. It was the moment when he was crucified. Just like in chapter 3, verse 14, when Jesus says that he will be glorified when he is lifted up. He was referring to him being lifted up on a cross to die. 
only through the work of the cross, which is God's lamb taking away the sins of the world, can human hearts then be made clean and fit like a renewed temple for the Spirit to flood them to overflowing life in the way that God intends to do. I love the misunderstanding of the religious leaders. They say, wait, where is he going? Is he going to go teach the Greeks? They were so wrong that they were so right. (laughs) Because when Jesus is glorified, the Spirit flowed like a river from the believers and spread to the Greeks too. Jesus is going to the Greeks and he's going to the Europeans and the Africans and the Asians and the Australians and the South Americans and the North Americans. He's going everywhere. But you have to ask yourself, do you believe? Not just do you believe in the formula. You know, Jesus died for my sins and rose again. Yes, we should all believe in the gospel. But do you believe in Jesus? Think about that story from Ezekiel 47 with Ezekiel walking through the river, things getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Do you believe? Yes, I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. We put our faith in Jesus and by his grace we are saved from our sins, saved from death. Ankle deep. It feels good. It's a hot day outside, you're sweating, feeling the heat, but then you just dip your feet into some cool water and it makes all of your body feel cooler. You've been saved from sin and death, it's a good feeling. And then maybe you decide to get more involved with your church, you join a Bible study, you start coming on Wednesdays, you're growing closer to God, trying to apply what you've been learning to your life. That's awesome. Knee deep. People around you are really noticing noticing this. I mean, knee-deep is pretty no- noticeable. And you're really feeling that water knee-deep. But then you get even further. Maybe you really start to desire to be a reflection of Jesus to others around you. You want to grow closer to God, but you're also obsessed with wanting to be a witness to those around you. You do mission trips. You start being bold about sharing your faith. You see your life as a mission to share the love of Jesus with those in your life. Waist deep. And that's awesome. I mean, you're in. The water is up to your waist. But there's still something that needs to happen. Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. They're great. But they all have one thing in common that has got to go. You see, you've been standing on your feet the whole time. I like standing on my feet in the water. I have control. I have security. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to work too hard because you're on your feet. It's nice. But you have to ask yourself, do I really believe in Jesus? Do I really trust Jesus? Or am I just relying on myself? You see, whenever you go into the river, the river is deep. You can't touch bottom anymore. The river is the place in your walk with Jesus where you let go of yourself completely, where you let go of your personal preferences, where you let go of your future, and you say, God, have your way. Your will be done. Wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever this river leads, I will follow. I trust in you. I only want you. I'll leave everything else behind just to gain 
you. Will you lead me completely and let him wash you in his, in his will? And when you let go of yourself and just believe in Jesus, living waters flow from you, giving life to the most dead of places, bringing life to the most dead of situations, the most dead of hearts. Jesus is calling us to go deeper, deeper with him, to not have a shallow faith, but to have a faith so deep we can't even touch the bottom, a faith so deep that we can't rely on our feet to secure us. So let's stop standing ankle deep, telling God that you have complete control of my life. No, come to the river, let go of yourself, and cling to Jesus, and find life flowing from you. That's, that's who he made us to be. He, he made us to be his followers who don't go around and tell everyone how they're wrong. No, we go and we let life flow out of us and bring life into dead situations, into dead places. We bring restoration to the broken because that is who our Lord is. That's what he does. So let's dive in fully to Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. There are scripture references in the description. I reference a lot of scripture, so please go and read those yourself. We will be posting again next week. Youth Group Radio. Peace out.